All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 6, Episode 17 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast, presented to you by our friends at Odd Shark. And, yeah, I was waiting for the bite. Oh, <laughs> and, it was a late one today. And Jock Market. <laughs> I'm your host, Brock Segan. With me, as always, we've got Dylan D. Berthew, Michael Bees Bondi. How's it going, D? Happy to be here, Brock. <laughs> and Beebs. <laughs> He's sounding happy. Um, I got my, my first tee time of the year tomorrow, Brock, so I am jumping out of my seat right now. Uh, where, are you, where are you golfing? Uh, Orchard View, which is the first place I ever golfed. So it's nice. a little throwback to myself, but it was one of three places that opened early in winter. Nice. I know All a right, lot are so. open right now, but yeah. So right going Rock with a foursome, and, uh, pretty Rock excited. Make a call to Orchard View after this. Uh, after we uh, finish recording this, he can. Uh, they can decide if they want to pay for the plug, and if not, we can cut that. So <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Tell him I just want my eighteen covered tomorrow and a couple couple tees on the course. That's it. That's it. I yeah, I, I got my first ever golf membership this year. Unfortunately, Ooh. at Bellevue, but man, only seven hundred bucks. I was like, gotta yeah, do it. Gotta that's do really it. good. So, that's super wild. cheap. Yeah, Seven hundred okay. bucks to golf in a farm field all summer, right? Yeah, it's not actually bad. not that bad. Jesus. Might be it's also getting my first membership of the year then soon. <laughs> here in those rates, yeah, it's really it's walking, but it's it's really really good. That's uh, all. It's but, good for the bod. Yeah, I just got my first round out on Wednesday, and I'm feeling it. You know, feeling the effects after sitting on a couch for an entire year. But uh, here Absolutely. we go. So the real um, challenge right. is Sundays how many far. times you can sneak the cart over the summer, right? Oh yeah, 
I used to work there. I know some tricks. I got a few tricks up my sleeves. Uh, but all right, before we get uh, right into the meat and potatoes of today's show, uh, I think it's time to talk a little bit more about Mika Zibanejad, uh, who we've talked about a lot uh, so far this season uh, due to you know some struggles throughout. Uh, but whenever he seems to play the Philadelphia Flyers, he really has no issue uh, whatsoever. So for the second time in an eight-day stretch, <laughs> Mika Zibanejad put up a three-goal, three-assist, six-point game against the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, so, you know, obviously Mika Zibanejad really likes playing Philadelphia. Um, and then I guess the other thing to talk about really on the other side of things is what's going on in Philadelphia. They've seemingly completely <sighs> fallen apart. Um, we talked about how Carter Hart's really been struggling and he has not been able to find his game whatsoever. So, uh, D, we'll start with you because I know you're a Mika Zibanejad owner. Uh, obviously, two six-point games in the span of a week uh, helps the fantasy lineup. Uh, yeah, it's been great to see. I mean, you know, regressing back to the mean in just the fiercest way possible. He's got 15 points in his last five games now. Um, so yeah, That's obviously <laughs> it's, a, it's a great reward for anyone who was patient enough to, to hold on to him and, and not offload him or even drop him. Like I know, um, or I heard some people or some people tweeting at us like they did. So. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it's been a great week for his advantage ad owners. Hopefully, uh, you know, he can continue to ride momentum. And, you know, I don't know if he's going to be able to produce, you know, the clip he had last year, but certainly you feel better at him being around a point per game pace from here on out. Yeah, I think this this is kind of what we've been looking for all year. Um, we talked about it every single episode. We talked about this guy. We're like, it's going to come. Something's going to change. Brock didn't love him. I know that's that, that was a thing. Um, not calling you out or anything, but I just I just remember you saying, you know, that you weren't loving his, the way he was going um and it, it was clear um after a while that you were right but then you know what we're seeing a switch here so it's fun to see i mean you can't play philly every night but luckily they get to play them every you know seventh or eighth time they play a game so there you go um i don't know how many more games they have against philly i can say for dfs owners that he will be 100 percent owned in every time they do play philly um as he should be i mean six point a game pace for the last two games absolutely <laughs> bonkers also i saw a stat he was like He's, he had a natural hat trick too in, in both of them. So uh, he's like the first player to do six points in a natty hat trick since Gretzky, or the only player since Gretzky, um, which is just look at Mika doing Gretzky things now. Couple chirps, couple uh, hang on to him, and he's now doing Gretzky things. So uh, the one thing that is just hilarious about Mika's season so, so far this season, he's got 14 points in five games against the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, and 12 points in the other 27 games <laughs> against the not Philadelphia <laughs> Flyers. So, uh, you know, patent stats a little bit against the, the seemingly helpless Carter Hart. But, um, you know, obviously Tyler Toffoli did his first. But... Yeah, I was just going to say he's basically the Tyler Toffoli of the East Division. Uh, but Tyler Toffoli slowed down a little bit against yeah. the Vancouver Canucks, where uh, Zibanejad right now really seems like he's not, uh, you know, just relentless against the Flyers. So they actually play each other again tomorrow, Saturday. So we'll see what he's got no. in store. Uh, Brian Elliott <laughs> gets the nod, but they play again tomorrow. I think Jeez. it's an afternoon Jeez. game, too, so it's going to be pretty interesting. I'm playing um, D in fantasy, so I took the six-pointer last night straight to the Dome. Was having a great week with my avalanche, <laughs> and then got hurt. So great. Good to see they're playing him again tomorrow. Can't wait to see the box score. <laughs> but uh, all right, let's uh, talk a little bit about, uh, I want to preview the trade deadline a little bit. Uh, we kind of do this every single year. Um, just talk about kind of players that could be on the move that you might want to target, you know, whether it's off the waiver wire, maybe in trades, because you're hoping that their value could be boosted with a, with a trade uh, here in the next week or two. 
Uh, but the first thing before we even did that, we wanted to talk about the trade deadline and then a trade happened, uh, right, you know, a few hours before we came live here. And, uh, Eric Stahl was dealt from the Buffalo Sabres to the Montreal Canadiens, uh, a third and fifth round pick in 2021 headed back to Buffalo. So, uh, pretty interesting pickup for the Canadians. Um, you know, the, I think one would argue that, you know, center depth is, was probably one of their biggest strengths. Um, but I guess you can never really have too many centers, I suppose. Uh, maybe they try to transition um, Philip Deneau into more of a defensive role uh, with this pickup. Uh, maybe, yes, Barry Cockniemi goes back to the wing. I'm not really sure uh, where Eric Stahl fits in this lineup right now. Uh, but for now, we're, we've got him plugged in on the third line because, yes, Barry Cockniemi is, is out with uh, COVID-19 protocol. So, uh, kind of a weird pickup. I don't think it really is uh, is a move that's going to boost Eric Stahl's value. If anything, it, it probably does. You know, just keeps it right around where it was because he's not going to see an increase in playing time going from uh, Buffalo to Montreal. But do you guys really care too much about this deal? All in all, um, D, you're a Leafs fan, so obviously this kind of affects the Leafs more than it affects the Avalanche. How uh, you know? Does this guy you shaking in your boots at all? Uh, no, I, I do think it's a good ad because you look like you said they do have a lot of depth down the middle, but. Um, you know, not to use a cliche, but I do think Stahl offers something that they don't currently have, right? He, he obviously has been a top end, uh, offensive talent, basically his entire career, um, tailed off the last few years for sure, but still produced at a very uh, respectable rate up until this season. Uh, and we all know about all the issues that, uh, the Sabres have had, uh, you know, Stahl certainly been a victim of that. He's got a 3.7 on ice shooting percentage. Um, so I, I certainly think that, you know, on a, a much more positive team, um, Montreal, and like I said, certainly the potential to move up the lineup because Philip Deneau, um, like, doesn't have quite the, uh, doesn't offer um, the offensive uh, upside that a guy like Eric Stahl does, even at his age. So um, Nick Suzuki, we all love him, but a young guy still has the some inconsistencies on a game-to-game basis. So I think Stahl uh, really shores up. Um, their top six or their top nine, however you want to look at it. I do think he has the potential um, to move up this lineup and play a lot of minutes because we've seen him do that uh, pretty recently. And, uh, you know, Minnesota, you went a four-year stretch there playing 18, 17 minutes a night. Um, so, yeah, he's certainly capable of it. Uh, and like I said, just offers something the Canadians don't currently have. So I actually like to move a lot for him. Just take him a couple of weeks to be able to play. It's actually only one week now, hopefully. Yeah, That's what they, they, they don't know for sure. It. Yeah, the government did make a a bit of a change uh, to the protocol for at least the NHL players. It it should only be a seven-day quarantine now. It it actually hasn't been confirmed whether or not Stahl is going to face the, the, um, you know, just seven days. that It hasn't been confirmed yet, but it looks like that's kind of where uh, it's going, but still. Yeah, that's obviously huge, and a week off for a 36-year-old in a condensed season isn't the worst thing ever, too. So No, not at all. Yeah, he might enjoy that that week of uh of 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 just chilling with his other stall brothers and family who's whatever's going on in Sudbury out there, wherever they're from, Thunder Bay. There we go. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I'm with D here. I feel I like, like he might have to go to the facilities, but yeah, that could be- <laughs> he probably does. He's definitely just not going home to Thunder Bay. But yeah, so either way though, I uh I'm, I was actually pretty upset seeing this deal go through. I for three and a five, I think this is a steal. Um, I, I was hoping Colorado would make a push for, for stall, but, um, I, I do agree with you there. I think this is a great pickup for Montreal. Um, a veteran, veteran presence down the middle, big body. Um, if anyone goes down, they're going to need a centerman there as much as they are heavy down the middle. Um, we already saw it with Kanemi, um, getting the little Kobe 19. So, um, yeah, I like this stall pickup. I think it's, uh, I mean, a three and a five is not, not much damage. Um, 
and you know works for both teams buffalo had the guy for what three four months and uh they get in three and a five for it so maybe they can blow that draft pick somehow whoever they will <laughs> yeah but, decent uh, little return for them actually not too bad yeah. but yeah stall um i, I think obviously we kind of always list Philip, you know, uh, his line as the number one line. And so does Montreal. But uh, I think realistically, you know, Nick Suzuki is probably their top line. And then maybe Eric Stahl is now their second line center with Philip Deneau playing more of a, of a shutdown role on the, on like the third line. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do with Cockney Emmy, but uh, I think it is a really solid pickup. And, you know, obviously um, in a condensed schedule like this and, and in the playoffs where it gets tough, uh, you know, you can never have too much center depth, especially when you add a guy uh, with his pedigree. So, uh, a solid pickup there for the Canadians. Uh, but let's talk about a few guys who haven't been traded yet. Um, obviously, you know, we are not insiders. Uh, I am going to try to get Frank Zaravalli on this podcast next week so we can at least legitimately preview have some the trade deadline. Have some, yeah, some like somebody who's, marks a, doing things. somebody who's a legitimate insider as opposed to us just guessing all the time. But uh, hey. we're, not really, we're not really trying to guess as to where these guys are going to go. No. It's more or less what what a trade could bring them on the fantasy uh, side of things and whether or not, you know, maybe it's a decent buy low opportunity right now. Uh, some of these guys are, are widely available in the free agent market. So maybe, you know, it's their worthwhile pickup. So uh, we'll stick with Buffalo here to start. We'll st- talk about Taylor Hall. Obviously uh, we've talked about Taylor Hall uh, seemingly every single podcast uh, episode so far this year. Uh, it's just kind of been a storyline that you can't, help but look at i mean it's like one of those really ugly car crashes you don't want to look but you have to because it's just horrendous uh, buffalo is just gonna it's just been terrible sick. um two goals 15 assists 17 points in 32 games for eric or for uh, taylor hall so far this year still 70 percent owned obviously he's been linked to a, plenty of different contenders uh obviously moving out of buffalo I think would boost your fantasy value regardless of who you go to, even if it is just a team that's kind of on the cusp of making the playoffs. Uh, so Biebs, I know like there's been talk about him potentially going to Colorado. Um, we're not going to try to dive in too much to that no. rumor itself, but uh, a trade out of Buffalo just has to boost his fantasy value um, to a new level. Does it not? Yeah. No matter what. I mean, the guy's putting up numbers of a uh, D man that I'm fringely dropping on my team right now, let alone a guy that I'm holding on to. And I know that because I have him in two leagues and it's just driving me absolutely nuts. Every night before I go to bed, I think to myself, maybe tomorrow I'm going to wake up and Taylor Hall is going to actually do something, but I still can't bring myself to drop him. So um, yeah, I think a trade's best case. You got to get him out of there. Uh I could not believe when the rumors came out that he was considering signing an extension. I know that was like three weeks ago, but it was absolutely crazy when that came out. Could um, you imagine? Get, like, get the hell out of Yeah, he's like, I'm having my worst year ever on pace for five goals. Uh, I'm going to come back for six years. Let's let's keep this thing going. Well, it's, um, it's just him could, trying to cut his losses after betting on real. himself this season, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I hope he goes somewhere. I mean, there's still time for him to salvage a bit of the season. Um, so you know what? Um, anywhere he goes, I think he does better. Um, again, uh, he's just, he's killing teams with it, 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 just no goal production. Um, I know even last night I started, Brock's going to talk about a couple of these guys later, but I started, started Jason Robertson over him in a league. Like when I'm starting to do stuff like that off guys that I can grab on weekly waivers, it's just, it's, it's not good with this guy. So yeah. So I think a trade's going to do him well. If he continues to shoot, continues to stay on power plays, um, it only help him out. So if you got him, hang tight. We're in this together, guys. If you need emotional support, I'm here for you because we're all going through it. It's the worst. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. Um, and it's just really interesting because really, um, since the really beginning of his career in Edmonton, we haven't really seen him play on a high event, up tempo team, right? Even the best, uh, you know, his career year where he won the Hart Trophy uh, in New Jersey, you know, 
we obviously know um, how big of a portion of the load he was shouldering that season. And um, obviously, you know, similar situation in Arizona with the stint he had there last season. Um, a solid all-around team, but, you know, built out from the, the back first for sure. Um, and then Buffalo obviously not creating a ton of offense this year either. So it would be really great to see him, you know, go to a, I guess, a team where, uh, he doesn't have to be the lone driving creative force. We thought we would yep. see that this season with Eichel. Obviously, they didn't click. Um, but like I said, I, I think in a system that just promotes more high events, hockey, to let Taylor Hall just get up and down the ice, play the wing, not have to worry about driving the play too much, I think would be a really good thing and obviously be a lot better than what's going on in Buffalo right now. Uh, not really breaking news, but uh, Pierre Lebrun just tweeted one minute ago that hearing the initial asking price for Taylor Hall involves a first round pick. Probably going to be tough to get that uh, to get that in this buyer's market, but it's the right right place to start two weeks out if you're Buffalo. So uh, still, um, you know, even with the struggles this year, still looking for a first round pick. And I'm, I would imagine that a lot of teams that are kind of looking to, yeah, to on the add a little offensive punch to their lineup would be happy to give up a first for Taylor Hall. Yeah, yeah, I don't late think first he's totally pick. broken. So I think, yeah, I agree. A lot of these teams that you're saying are on the cusp, like D said, they're going to be, you know, you're going to be getting a 25, 26, 27 kind of kind of pick. Um, and I don't think a lot of those teams care about it that much. Um, so you can definitely see that happening for sure. I mean, we, we saw what's his name, Barkley Goudreau, go for a first last year. You tell me Taylor Hall can't. <laughs> I think the one thing that it's a very interesting dynamic with the playoffs this year too, right? Like with where you just kind of play your division, you can, you can really run the table in, in within your own division in some of these, um, you know, weaker divisions and maybe somebody like Taylor Hall could help push you over the edge. Uh, but there are a number of other wingers uh, that are, 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 you know, rumored to be available. Uh, and one of the more interesting names uh, also in that East division is Kyle Palmieri. Uh, he is just 43% owned, uh, so he could be widely available uh, – or, sorry, could be available in your league. And uh, to me, Palmieri has always been a guy who's basically scored pretty much at every single stop of his career. Um, he had some pretty good seasons towards, you know, the end of his early time with the Ducks. And then once he arrived in, in New Jersey, he kind of really finally reached that ceiling. Um, you know, since 2016, he's always scored at least 24 goals bit of a struggle so far this year, but he's somebody that could definitely add a, a big boost to a top six. You know, maybe, I don't know if they would trade him within the division, but maybe somebody like the New York Islanders to have him replace uh, Anders Lee would be an interesting maybe landing spot for him. But I, I think obviously it's been a bit of a struggle this year. Um, the, the Devils have really shuffled their lines kind of night in and night out. He hasn't really found a comfortable spot in that lineup, but still is a guy that plays, you know, 18 minutes a night and would definitely bolster any top six he goes to uh, D. Um, you know, obviously Taylor Hall is the biggest name on this list, but it's, you know, somebody who's available 40, you know, in, or only owned in 43% of the leagues, Palmieri could be, um, an interesting case in terms of boosting his fantasy value here at the deadline. Absolutely. It's, just, it's the same kind of idea, right? Um, but Palmieri has, has shown to be a terrific complimentary, uh, winger in his, or throughout his time in New Jersey to, to be sure. So, um, you know, very impressive volume, um, for, for the, uh, sorry, very impressive volume shooter. Um, like you say, Brock, a really reliable goal scorer. Um, and yeah, like obviously a similar to Hall and similar to Stahl coming out of Buffalo. Um, even though, you know, he's getting top tier minutes in New Jersey, uh, a move to a more uh, up-tempo, high-event team would obviously only uh, boost his fantasy value this season. And, you know, just in general, or from a, you know, pure hockey perspective, I think any contending playoff team would love to add this guy. Obviously, has a lot of grit to his game as well, right? Which we know... Um, you need come playoff time. The games tend to get a little bit rougher. So to have a guy like that 
um, who can not only offer a bit of a punch, but, you know, a very consistent goal scoring record as well. I think he's going to be a really attractive piece at the deadline. Yeah, I, uh, it's for me it's tough to suggest grabbing him just uh because it's gonna be hard to i I mean it's kind of like like tossing a coin up if he does go somewhere and lands in a nice top six i do like it but i could also see him being a great complimentary piece like you said on any team maybe going third line second power play type thing if that's the case and i'm in a league where you know he's only he's on the wire um and it's 45 percent owned i kind of don't want him but at the same time one thing that i do like in paul mary's favor right now he does have five points in his last seven games so he's at least kind of doing something if you did want to grab him for now he's, he's he's slowly um getting his numbers back to maybe not respectable but something that you you'd look at i'm absolutely mind blown he's 45 percent owned still that's crazy uh, but yeah, yeah, Palmieri, if he does go to the right place, we've seen him be incredibly successful on a, on unsuccessful power plays um, previously. So it uh, it could happen. But again, it's like a flip of a coin. It's tough. If you if you got the, the roster spot, it, I don't think it'll kill you to have him right now, though. Um, yeah, he's going to be playing first line. Uh, to interject here, and I, I don't want to steal all of D's thunder because he will get to all of the weekend streamers at yeah, the end of the boys. show. But the one really interesting thing about Kyle Palmieri right now is he is one of the few, um, you know, if you want to pick him up right now in anticipation for a trade, um, he does play Friday, Sunday this week. Um, and then if you look ahead to even next week, they've only got three games, but he also plays Friday and Sunday. And then the final week leading up to the deadline, uh, he plays four games also with the Friday, Sunday schedule. So the Devils are very interesting for streaming purposes going forward. Obviously, it's not a team that scores a whole lot of goals, but in the interim, if you want Adam in the anticipation of that trade, he does have a really nice schedule that yeah. kind of you know leads to streaming. Um, and he is still on a line with with Jack Hughes, which is their best offensive line. So, um, you know, it, it, he's in the best spot he could possibly be in New Jersey. And he's got a really nice streaming schedule for somebody that, you know, you can at least hold on to. And if he doesn't get traded to a good team, then just drop him at that point. But um, at least it, it, it comes with less risk if there's at least something behind it in, in, in terms of adding him in the short term as well. So I'll say you sold me a bit more on him, Brock. I'll give you that. Yeah, I mean, Andy, and, and, Andy. and honestly, I didn't even know that. I kind of just looked it up really quick. I was like, well, this this really works out. This looks good. So um, right. somebody right. who hasn't, you know, hasn't had a, did have a great start. He was somebody we talked about a lot. Um, the one episode I know we were talking about basically goals below average. He was at the very bottom of the entire NHL. And then shortly thereafter, he absolutely he exploded. Um, and that's Ricard Raquel. He's he's since cooled off a little bit, but he too is only forty two percent owned. Um, he you know a very very similar pedigree to that of Kyle Palmieri, right? Like very similar players in terms of their production overall. Um, and you know I I guess realistically, like there's not too much I can say on Ricard Raquel that I didn't just say about Kyle Palmieri, right? They both have been thirty goal scorers, and you know throughout their careers, um, you know, Raquel has slowed down a little bit while the, the Ducks have struggled in the most recent seasons, but all in all, uh, a terrific hockey player, very similar kind of pedigree. And anybody who's kind of in on, on uh, Palmieri is most likely going to be in on Raquel as well. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we're, yeah. It's like the Spider-Man meme of the two things just pointing at each other. That's, that's what we're doing right here with these two guys. Um, it's crazy that they're at the exact same percentage owned because that's exactly where they should be. Even if they're both higher owned than they should be personal opinion, but yeah, D you had some things to say there. Yeah. Raquel, I, you know, a couple of years younger than Paul Mary as well. Um, probably doesn't offer the same grit, but otherwise I agree. The underlying numbers have always been very similar. Uh, Raquel, just like Paul Mary, not necessarily a play driver, um, kind of needs a, a strong two way center to get him up and down the ice, but he gets into great areas and he gets a ton of shots off. Um, and would certainly slot in nicely to the top six of any playoff team. Yeah, and, uh, you know, 
oddly enough, exact same schedule pretty much as um, the Devils. Friday, Saturday, Sunday this weekend. Friday, Sunday next weekend. Also a Monday game next weekend as well. And then the following week leading up to the uh, trade deadline Friday, Sunday schedule as well for him. The issue for him, though, um, a lot of those games will be against the Colorado Avalanche, who seemingly do not even give up shots, let alone goals. So um, They don't let the other team touch the puck right now. It's crazy. They're they're an absolute unit right now. It's incredible stuff. Um, Okay, Michael Granlin from the National Predators. Uh, He is only 6% owned. Uh, That line has been playing a little bit better as of late, but all in all, his numbers have not been um, all that great so far this season. And that's why he is just 6% owned. Uh, but he does have two goals and an assist in his last four games. Uh, so things are maybe starting to look up a little bit. He is a guy that plays, you know, north of 20 minutes on some nights. Uh, overall, just 13 points in 30 games this season. He does bring center, left wing, right wing eligibility. He would bring a ton of uh, versatility to any lineup or any team that picks him up here uh, as a trade deadline. Uh, I don't think he's quite as sexy of a name as, you know, your Hall, Palmieri, or Raquel, uh, but teams that miss out on that, on, on those three names, I think would would have no issue uh, going to a guy like Granlin because, like I said, he he can easily, you know, he's played the wing very effectively. He's a really, really good playmaker. Um, and then in a pinch, he can absolutely go to the middle, which is kind of what the Predators have been in as of late with Matt Duchesne out. So, D, uh, you know, obviously he might not be Taylor Hall, but Granlin has got to be an attractive piece. Future Toronto Maple Leaf, Michael Granlin, right? That's what we've been hearing for the last couple months nice. now. He's been a, a prime target of the Leafs. Um, I, I, he feels like another guy that um, you just never quite feel like he's shown us all that he can offer across mm-hmm. the full 82 games. Um, and very similar to Hall um, or Paul Mary, we've never really seen him play uh, in really a high tempo uh, or high event offense or, or team. So, you know, to see him move to a system like the Maple Leafs, it would be really interesting to see what he could do. Um, you know, or, or team like Colorado, something like something similar, right? Um, just a team that gets up and down the ice a lot and creates as many scoring chances as possible. You got to think someone with his playmaking talent. And obviously, like you said, Brock versatility could be a huge asset. So uh, yeah, another attractive piece for sure. Um, from a fantasy perspective, I think unless he moves to a place where he can really get a lot of minutes, it's going to be tough for him to be, you know, kind of a fantasy stable um, just because he doesn't shoot the puck a ton. Most of his production is going to come from a playmaking standpoint. Yeah, not much more I could add on to that. Um, I, I, I don't really see him unless you're in a really deep league having value. Um, a lot like Paul Mary, though, like Brock said, he's having a good last couple games and he's playing around 20 minutes a night. So if you can, if you are in a deep, deep, deep league, I mean, it's not going to hurt to have him. He also, like you said, three position eligibility, very nice to have on your roster. Um, but if you're in a deep league, you're probably not worried about fitting guys in anyways. Um, so, yeah, so keep an eye on him. Um, I don't see I, I don't see him gaining much fantasy value. Uh, doesn't shoot the puck enough. He said it. Yeah, shots. so the uh, the NHL trade deadline again, if you guys don't know, is April the uh, the twelfth. Uh, so I think that the maybe the play with Granlin might be to pick him up uh, that week right before, yeah. which starts uh, April fifth to the eleventh. The Predators have four games that week, including one on Sunday, um, and also two games against the Detroit Red Wings. So maybe you kind of just pick him up in, in in hopes that he gets traded kind of that last week potentially, maybe the day of, uh, because I do think you know for him. Um, he might be somebody that you want on your team right as the trade happens, because depending on where he goes, he could be in a really, really good spot. A place like Toronto that does still seem to have some holes in their lineup. Um, you know, we've seen Joe Thornton, we've seen Wayne Simmons play on that top line, but that might not be exactly what the Maple Leafs want to do. If you get somebody like Granlin, who's a terrific passer playing with somebody like Austin Matthews, that could be something that really, really works. Right. So yeah, um, I think, you know, it, it, it all depends where he goes. Way. If it is Toronto, he ends up with, 
with Matthews. Maybe it's even with Tavares. Who, you know, right now they have Alex Galchenyuk yeah. on the wing. It, 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 yeah, would, it would was, really uh, boost his fantasy value for sure. Yeah, it would just, you know, and obviously deepen out the Maple Police lineup uh, a ton and maybe open up the possibility to move Hyman back up uh, with Matthews and Marner, um, which I could really see happening. And then you have Graham either popping on the line with Tavares or, you know, uh, actually, you know, forming a pretty significant third line threat that they haven't had since Kadri's left. Yeah, doing the like the, the line stats every single day, it, it's really quite a thing to see um, just how good Matthews and Marner's numbers are when Zach Hyman's on that wing. He just brings a totally different element to that line um, that they don't get with the rest of those wingers. Like they, they've been still really good with with Thornton and with Simmons, but Hyman has just been a total difference maker for them, especially this season. He's kind of elevated his game to a whole new height. So um, you know, that maybe you bring in. Here. Yeah, maybe you bring in Graylin and play him with Tavares, you move Hyman up, and then that, that top six looks way better than it does right now because then you can, you know, you have Wayne Simmons go down and play with Engvall, and it changes things completely for them. So, uh, again, like Graylin, yeah, maybe in the short term right now, not a huge asset in terms of fantasy, but the week leading up, I think he's got to be added for that four-game week, and then hopefully he gets traded to a contender like that and really kind of just skyrockets his, his uh, fantasy value. So uh, Tanner Pearson's another guy uh, who, again, not really a great year, but also um, appears to be on the move um, some word came out today i think it was elliot Friedman, um no that said that he's not quite as hurt as they originally oh. believed uh so he is still kind of expected to be traded he's not it's not as um serious as a re- originally feared. it was four me. weeks originally which would have put him past the deadline which would have yeah but stopped. even still he should like even if he's back kind of right in that four week span uh he's gonna have that one week of quarantine anyway he basically you know he'll be pretty, oh, yeah. pretty much healthy at that point but just 11 points in 33 games um you know really not a guy that's ever had too amazing of a season except for uh, you know, last year he really turned it on in Vancouver kind of, uh, rep, you know, was the exact carbon copy of his best year, uh, with the Kings scoring 20 goals, uh, 24 assists. So, uh, you know, I think I'm much more interested in this is kind of why I put him in this order and anybody on this list above him. But again, to me, it's kind of just all with that landing spot, uh, you know, where he goes, but even still, uh, we've seen him play, you know, with the boar, the Bo Horvats, even some playing time with Elias Pedersen and really not produced that good of fantasy numbers. So, um, yeah, I mean, you guys want to sell me on Tanner Pearson at all? No, I'm not sprinting for him. Just like you said, he's had that opportunity. He's played, uh, he's played, you know, 19, 20 minutes a night on a very good Vancouver team. Um, and we've seen him on those, those top lines. And he just doesn't quite do it. Like you said, his best, best season, 2022. 20, I don't know. That's bottom of the roster shit for me. Um, so yeah, Tanner Pearson, unless he gets traded into like the perfect situation, um, like on a line with McDavid or something. I, I'm not really too intrigued. Yeah, I don't think um, I don't think we'll be talking about him a lot in terms of uh, fantasy value in standard leagues. But uh, I, I still do think he's a nice depth piece, and I think um, you know the teams that don't want to pay up uh, for the guys we've mentioned before, um, Hall, Raquel, Paul, Mary, um, and even Gramlin. I think you'll be able to get Pearson at a much more affordable price, and he'll you know, be a, uh, a worthy asset uh, to pick up at the deadline for sure. Yeah. Uh, somebody who doesn't really bring a whole lot of fantasy value. Um, he obviously had a pretty good run there while uh, Roman Yossi was out, but Matthias Ekholm, uh, 46% owned. Obviously his ownership is inflated a little bit from uh, those couple of games or a couple, a couple of weeks there where Yossi was out. Uh, so even if he gets traded here to a, to a contender and ends up in a top four, I don't think he's really going to have uh, much fantasy value. He's not, not a guy that's going to be, uh, on a top power play unit, probably not even a second unit on a contender. Um, but I just wanted to bring him up a little bit because he is got to be one of the most attractive blue liners 
um, that we've seen at a trade deadline in recent years. Like he is a legitimate top four defenseman, super, super good, super reliable defensively. Um, and any team that picks him up, like that makes your, that tra- transforms your blue line completely. Um, and anybody in, in need of a defenseman has to be, you know, kind of throwing all their eggs in that homeless basket here, right? Yeah. I yeah. It reminds so. me a lot of, um, at least picking up Muzzin a couple of years ago. And yeah, just exactly. Like that, that kind of, um, I guess solidarity that it can add to your back end um, and just, you know, put out a reliable defenseman for 20 to 25 minutes a night and know that um, you're going to get a pretty honest uh, result in terms of the, uh, the uh, pucks that go in. So um, yeah, like you say, just a great pickup at the deadline. You not don't usually see um, this sturdy of a top four defenseman come available in the middle of the season. So I expect him to be a, a coveted asset for sure. Yeah, this is a classic uh, classic case of a guy who does a lot more on the ice than we do see in fantasy, and uh, because of that, like you said, he's gonna be he's gonna be an asset at the deadline, but he's not gonna be a fantasy asset. Um, like Brock said, and team that he goes to, um, they're already pretty much set on their power plays if he goes to a playoff contender. But he will be an absolute unit on the shutdown and taking away some minutes again on for teams that need it. Um, I, I think this is gonna be the game changer piece of the deadline um, that, or who knows, unless a, a goalie goes and really does some changes on some teams that need it. But no, for me that this is the big one um, even more than Taylor Hall, I think. Yeah. Like you got to look at teams, teams, like what it does to a team. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Wise. You got to look at a team, maybe like the Boston Bruins who are kind of starving for a really uh, good defenseman on the blue line. You know, maybe you pair him up with Charlie McAvoy and create a really, really, really good uh, shutdown pairing. Um, somebody, yeah, maybe the Pittsburgh Penguins, somebody like, if you, if you look, he's only got about, uh, one point, I think 1.6 remaining on his deal, like for the rem- like cap it for the remainder of the season, according to Puckpedia. So, um, you know, teams, it's, it's not like he's overly expensive teams can obviously move out of contract and pick him up relatively easily. Um, and he would, yeah, just be a huge addition. Um, okay. And the one goalie I thought that was extremely interesting because he's had a really good year playing for the absolutely horrendous Detroit Red Wings is Jonathan Bernier. Um, and there's a number of teams out there that obviously are in need of goaltending help, at least at, 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 at like a number two level. Um, he is hurt right now, which is, is a little bit shitty for me as a Red Wings fan because hopefully he is back and, and they can move him. But playing for a team that is not very good, uh, Bernays compiled an 8-6-0 record while posting a 9-18 save percentage. Beebs, I heard you whisper Colorado. Obviously, they are probably the most needy uh, for a second uh, goaltender right now because Pavel Frank, who's still out. Um, and then the one thing that's obviously very interesting is Bernier does have ties to Colorado, right? He was there in 2018, mm-hmm. uh, performed at a pretty good level, went 19-13-3 and with a 9-13 save percentage, uh, which is exactly his career average. So um, obviously a team that's pretty familiar with uh, with Jonathan Bernier and would, I think, be a huge addition and just somebody – um, you know, to me, I think he's kind of worth an addition right now. If you can stash him on, on your, your IR, if you have an IR plus or whatever it is, um, I think that maybe he's worth an ad in, in hopes that he does get traded. And even if he doesn't see a ton of starts, if he goes to a team like Colorado, he's going to be extremely useful, uh, for you down the stretch. Yeah, I got to agree. Um, especially with, with what we've seen in the past, if you say for chance, he does go to Colorado. We have seen Philip Grubauer get injured in the last two playoffs as we go into them. Uh, last year, Frank who's had to come in the year before it was Jonathan Bernier who led an 11 game stretch for Colorado. So he does, they do trust him, um, you know, down, down the stretch if they have to already, they've proven that. And that's the exact same coach. Um, he'd be coming in Jared Bednar, 
Um, you know, it, 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 I think it's a great situation. It's obviously the most ideal situation. Um, some people thought the Jonas Johansson trade, um, for a sixth round pick to Buffalo for their starter at the time, uh, might've solved Colorado's backup, uh, problems, but I just don't think that's it. And whatever is only a sixth anyways. Um, but for any team who's getting them, I think it's going to be a top team who does get Bernie if they do. And I do think, uh, I do think he's definitely worth, uh, a stash if you're in if you're in a deeper league and you might need some help on with goaltenders like you said brock if he goes to colorado if he goes to i'm trying to think of another team that might need a, a, a two-man system here for the end of the year but there are some teams that might want to go 50 50 as the year rolls out as they do have these playoff spots solidified um and if you can have bernie plug it in 50 percent of the time for a playoff team especially when a lot of them are going to be playing against some shitty teams and uh yeah that, that could work out quite well um but yeah so uh it, it's another wait and see but even so um, I cannot believe this guy's numbers that he's done with Detroit this year. That That is almost Vesna contention worthy. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. This is crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah, like even, a team, even a team like uh, even a team like the Edmonton Oilers potentially, um, yeah. if they're not completely confident in Miko Koskinen, um, you know, maybe St. Louis, if they aren't fully committed to Vili Huso at this point. Like there's Tampa. not a whole lot of teams that look like they're, yeah, the lightning potentially, obviously McElhinney hasn't had the greatest year so far. So they are obviously pretty interesting. Another really interesting name that's Even kind of Dallas. floated around is, is Darcy Kemper. Yeah. With Ben Bishop. Like, I can just see him just like, I don't know, just trying to get yeah, him and just like see if he works. Odinger's yeah. been pretty solid there too. So I don't yeah. think like Brock's going to back and Kudomina. I, I don't think. Yeah. You know, I don't think, think they do, but I could just see it. Um. All right. So that's pretty much it, unless you guys have anything else to add on any of these guys or any other names that you've heard floating around. I know Nick Felino's out there, but I didn't really want to bring him up because it doesn't even matter where he goes. He's going to be in most likely a checking role and not bring anything uh, fantasy-wise. So, um, I mean, there's obviously a number of big names, but we're here more to talk about the um I don't think it's going to be just- that great of a of a deadline i'm just gonna say it um, you know i, I didn't think so um originally but th- this seven day quarantine i think brings things in but i still think that we are gonna see more moves maybe a couple days before a week before um where like that actual trade center like where tsn's got 19 hours of coverage like that day is probably not gonna be great oh yeah um but I think that like the leading up to it should be solved like if all of these guys move like it's just a very interesting collection of names right like normally you've got a couple of really good guys and then just a collection of meh pieces but then there's even players like luke glendening who would be a big pickup for teams um yeah you know, big big real like life role perspective kind of thing, yeah. yeah um so i think it is going to be a relatively interesting Clean deadline up. hopefully um i feel like we kind of say that every single year and then you see what happened in the nba yesterday and it's like please for the love of god can we have yeah, that I mean, much fun just one just <laughs> one time like the well, amount of Okay, hold on. I, did you hear? Did you see the one thing about how every single Gary in the NBA was traded yesterday? No, All the Garys. Every single Gary in the NBA got traded. That's There's amazing. only three. How of many them, are there? But three. Okay. Three. Yeah. So Gary that Trent Jr. went to the Gary Trent Jr. went to the Raptors. Raptors. Yeah. Um, Gary Harris and the other Gary, I can't remember who he is. They got flopped for each other. So it was like. <laughs> um, all, all the Garys yesterday got traded. And then there was something like how Gary Trent's dad, I believe it was, got traded on the exact same day from the exact same team to the exact same like team. Like he got traded to the Raptors hey. too. Something it was wild. Portland was, to the Raptors, that's why. Yeah, there was some big I, I might have butchered that last one, but I do know that all the Garys were traded. Yep. Which is yeah, definitely so, played that's for a funny enough fact. dad. I can tell you that yeah. much. Uh, so I think I'm I think I'm bang on that. Um but yeah, just <laughs> uh 
just uh just crazy all the garys i was just like when i heard that stat i was like please tell me there's like 11 garys just to make yeah. you crazier but three so, is like whatever but still if if there was like any gary in the nhl look the fuck out because trade deadline's coming for you next week um although i can't think of any we, we only one i can gary think of is Robert, gary roberts yeah. obviously but uh gary but yeah. gary bettman Gary Batman. He should trade Batman. Just gets, gets traded. We, we hit like MLS's commissioner instead. <laughs> you guys remember Gary Volk? The Leafs one time had two Garys on their team. Just Dude. two at the same time? It's too many Garys. <laughs> I think it was, used to be one of the most popular names in the whole world, but uh, not so much anymore. Not too many Garys yeah. out there these days. Went down. Not enough. Not enough, Gary. Not enough. (laughs) All right. uh, Let's get into the waiver wire. Um, So what we did this week, Dylan was complaining last week that he slept in too late, and we took all of his uh, fun waiver wire targets. So me and Dylan, or me and Beebs handled the waiver wire um, targets, while Dylan handled the streaming targets, just so we didn't get into a tussle again this week. So uh, me and Beebs will start with the waiver wire targets. And I'll start here because I know I stole this one a little bit from you, Beebs. I've got two that play for the same team, and that's Rupe Hints, obviously lesser available at 45% owned, um, and Jason Robertson, much more available at 8% owned. We'll start with Hints, though. Um, Obviously, owning Hints in fantasy in 2021 has been a challenge, uh, but when he's in the lineup, he's been really, really good. Overall, he has 21 points, 10 goals, 11 assists in 21 games, including 11 points, 6 goals, 5 assists in his last 8 games. Uh, not bad for someone who is seemingly not at 100%. He's he's listed as a game-time decision almost every single night. So owning him, <laughs> it is going to be a huh. bit of a headache, obviously. But that's what you have me at Daily Faceoff for to let you know when he's in and when he's Thanks, out. Brock. Um, his 21.7 shooting percentage, obviously not sustainable, but his shot volume is at an all-time high right now, especially during this eight-game stretch. Uh, so that should help offset any dip in the efficiency moving forward. Um, you know, when he's in the lineup, he is playing in his top six role. Uh, the other yesterday, he was playing with Rupert or with Jason Robertson and Joe Pavelski on the top line. Uh, they had a terrific night against one of the best teams in the league. So, um, you know, he's entrusted with a big role, um, and he's really, really played very well so far this year. But uh, obviously, it's going to you're not going to have him all the time, but if he is available, uh, it's hard to find a more productive player than him right now. Um, as for Robertson, eight percent, eight percent owned. He was an early second round pick not in enough. twenty in twenty seventeen. Uh, he had three straight OHL seasons with at least forty goals and eighty one points. He had like well over hundred points in his final uh, junior season. He had really really good numbers in his first pro season at the AHL level a year ago, and has quickly turned himself uh, into a pretty good uh, NHL. <laughs> Did you lose your notes, Brock? Brock lost his notes. Yeah, a really good end. my tweet from last night. Really good top six winger in Dallas. Um, in his first 12 games in 2021, he had just six points while averaging 12 and a half minutes per game. But since then, he has 14 points, three goals, 11 assists, while averaging almost 18 minutes a game in his last 13. Uh, so they've really just given him a much larger role as of late, and he's taken it and run with it. Um, he plays primarily with hints, uh, which is kind of why I lumped them together. Um, and listen to these numbers. That duo together, 52.9 Corsi 4, 70.6 goals for percentage, uh, 59.4 expected goals for percentage, 58.5 scoring chances, and 66% high danger chances for. Uh, simply put, they've been absolutely dominant uh, together, when you add somebody like Joe Pavelski onto that line as well, like they did the other night, uh, takes them even that much further. So uh, both those guys in Dallas look really good. Uh, Dallas's offense has been pretty dormant here as of late, but maybe they woke something up there uh, last night against the Lightning. So I like both of those guys. Beebs, over to you. 
Yeah. Um, if we're going to start with the guy in your 50%, uh, I got to also do that just to follow suit. All the cool kids are doing it. And why not? Um, I'm going to mention Martin Neckes, currently 46% owned. Um, we've dropped him a few times on the show, but it's Brock truly a t- truly a time where Brock's boy needs to be owned on, the, in, in my opinion, in about 70% of leagues, 65% of leagues. This guy's 12. So good. See yeah. the boy scored last night? Unbelievable. As far as the eye test go, this guy probably passes it more than anyone I've ever watched. It's it, I. It's crazy. Like you <laughs> He's always. Than McDavid. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. But it just any time. It's like crazy. It's always like who the hell is that? Oh, it's Neckass. Oh, who? Oh, it's Neckass again. It's just crazy. I I I I read about it. I witnessed it, and I still was like, no, it can't. He continues to do it. Anyways, 12 points in his last 12 games. That includes five goals. He's played more than 20-plus minutes in three of his last four games on a very dominant Carolina team. He's playing line one and PP one time. He's absolutely killing it. Unfortunately, it is during the time while our boy Vincent Trocek is out. Yeah, but who cares? Natchez is a real boy, and he's exactly. just a Nacho and Nino exactly. Niederreiter, the, literal, the wet dream of lines. Yep, sacrifice Vinny T for uh, – a little bit of Martin N. Um, but yeah, so Martin Neck is cur- currently 46% owned. Definitely take a stab at him if you do like to win your fantasy weeks. Um, <laughs> left wing, <laughs> right wing eligibility. But if you're in a league that is not absolutely, uh, that, that there's owners that aren't completely on the, or that are on the ball, my apologies, um, then you're going to have to look at it a little bit deeper. So I had a guy that I was um, super high on, would have been a lot higher on him earlier in the week. They're currently on their five game vacation stretch. Alex I follow out in LA. Um, we've talked about this guy on previous shows just as a, as a deep, deep um, pickup man, but he's someone who always just getting a ton of ice and uh, never really seems to put up points, but lately it's actually been working quite well. Three goals, eight points in his last nine games. Three of those are on the power plays. Currently PP one line one. He's gotten over 25 minutes of ice in three of his last four games. Sounds exactly like Martin Eck has actually just on a little bit of a shittier team out in LA. Um, a follow has played um, in his last 12 games. He's played less than 18 and a half minutes, only once. So he's absolutely eating minutes. Uh, we we love we love to see guys out there. I mean, good he's things been eating minutes for like three years. Just it's for crazy. No but now he's fine. Yeah, he's been eating minutes. He's finally now actually putting up points on that top line. Um, I just really like him. If you're in a deeper league, there's not much better options you can get there at uh, at 13 percent as well. Um, they do not play until the 29th now, I believe, because again, they're on that, that stretch off. But when they do come back, I think they have something like four or five games next week. So it's an absolute heavy week. Um, so should keep an eye on, uh, on him. And there's, uh, I mean, there's not much going right in LA, but if there is, uh, something you want, I like a follow. I have him in a, in a 12 team league, um, the one thing that's very interesting about I follow too right now, if you do want to add him this uh, maybe on Sunday or whatever, uh, really nice schedule next week in terms of four games, yeah. plays Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, uh, plays Saturday as well. But Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Jose you'll definitely twice. be able to get him in your lineup. Uh, two games against Vegas, obviously not great, but two games against San Jose is a little bit better. So regardless, Monday, Wednesday, Friday is a nice uh, a nice setup for the week. And then quickly, I just want to talk about Ely Tolvanen, 16% owned, like Robertson, Tolvanen had a slow start to the season, but he has been really good lately. Uh, he w- he was also moved into the top six in the early part of March and has scored five goals with five assists for 10 points in his last 11 games. Uh, Tolvanen has been playing on the top line with Phil Forsberg and Ryan Johansson, as well uh, as becoming their primary shooting option on the top power play unit. Uh, as you've heard us talk about, about Tolvanen over the years, he has an absolute rocket of a shot. Um, and after taking a few years to reach his, um, a solid top six role in Nashville 
Uh, Tolvanen looks like he's here to stay, uh, especially with the Predators looking like sellers at the deadline, moving players out. That should only uh, solidify his role uh, and, and maybe even see it increase. Um, he's still, you know, even in that role, playing around 15 minutes a night. So there is minutes to grow uh, if, if they start moving out like the Gramlins of the world, um, maybe even Forsberg as well. But uh, he's become um, a weapon on the top power play unit for them, a team that really sucks on the power play. So it's good to see that. And Beebs, I know you got one more to talk about before we head over to our uh, our streamer D. Yeah, really quick one. Jesper Bratt. Uh, sorry, Jesper Bratt. 10% owned uh, out in New Jersey. <laughs> I just had to do that. His name's so fun. Um, but if we're talking about a guy who's making a lot out of limited amount of minutes, if I'm loving a follows massive amount of minutes, I got to talk about Bratt doing the exact opposite while producing um, very nicely out in New Jersey. Uh, currently playing second line with a couple guys that D's about to mention uh, as weekend streamers. Um Jack Hughes and then Kyle Palmieri, who we talked about. Um, he's also playing Lady top. Steel is thunder. Now he's gonna be mad again. I'm so sorry. I like I called Brat earlier, but uh, guys, just it and then just spoils it. I said it's the line they're on. I said it's the line they're on. Either I, you you get to throw out the stats. I'm not touching. I'm not touching Palmieri. Hughes. Oh, I just, I just, um, but yeah, he's uh he's currently playing uh, line two PP one, and he he's he's kind of like it's kind of weird when you watch him out there. He's a little bit of a it's, lately, he's kind of been a bit of a quarterback on that power play, um, which is I, I just don't think they have a quarterback in general in New Jersey. So it, it's been working, though. And if uh, if you're in a league where you're looking at guys who are 10% owned, um, someone has 55 shots on the year, only shooting 5.5%. So it uh, could get better. 10 points in his last 12 games. Um, only two have been goals. So this is someone, if you do need assists, definitely look at him um, as maybe, you know, a, a as D's going to mention a weekend grab, but if you need goals, I'm not suggesting yes for Brat. Um, that's for sure. But, but great source of assists, especially in a deep league, not much better. You can find out there with that time, but D who should we pick up on a weekend? Is there anyone from the team? I just mentioned anyone <laughs> real quick. I just want to shout out. Um, I, I don't think we can end this podcast. Um, you know, <laughs> I know hurting coming. our credibility. If we don't mention Biebs's boy, Jonas Donskoy potentially yeah. the hottest player in the Crazy. NHL right now. No, he's not that hot, but he does have nine points uh, in his last seven games. Uh, he's got 22 points in 32 games this season, despite playing just 13 minutes a night. He is leading the NHL with a 29.7 shooting percentage on a shooting percentage at 11.1. Um, but you got to think that this guy has at least earned himself some sort of book in the top six at this point. Uh, maybe sneak up and take some minutes from Brandon Saad. What's up, Brock? I just want to interject uh, for a minute. Um, that line has been absolutely Crazy. dominant. One of the best lines in hockey. Their underlying numbers literally rival that of the Ranton Landis Cog um, McKinnon line. Like they're averaging like 43 scoring chances, four per 60. They've been absolutely dominant every single night. Um, so Yost and, and Nachushkin, they probably, um, you know, deserve just as much of a look. They probably shoot more than, than Donskoy does. Uh, but yeah, Donskoy has been the one that's really been putting the puck in the net uh for them so um they i think that the you know that line has just been absolutely insane as of late um cooling off a little bit there the last couple nights but um yost was like a freak don squad's got pp2 time though that's what makes him nice he uh he got a nice power play goal the other night and uh the third goal against vegas so that i think that's what pushes don Squay above yost in shushkin yeah and we've just seen him move up before um and, and been really effective um with mckinnon and and uh and ranton when he did get the chance to play up there um, but yeah, obviously not the worst case if he does continue to play with them. Um, and that was the one thing I was going to say is uh, even if he does stay on that third line, they haven't seen a hell of a lot more ice time too. 
um, pushing 15, 16 minutes in each of the last few games. So, um, yeah. What happens when you're five one every game? Eh? you can just throw your third <laughs> line out there as much as you want. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, certainly, uh, certainly one to watch. And like I said, certainly a guy that um, you can. It's not hard to imagine him at least creeping up and getting a shot to play alongside uh, Kadri and uh, Birakovsky on the second lines. So, um, just wanted to mention him because he has been red hot. Uh, and then quick shout out to some guys that we've already mentioned in the last few weeks, but are, are still relatively uh, low owned. Jack Roslovich, Dennis Gurionov, Kevin LeBanc, also sitting between 16 and 17% on right now. LeBanc uh, in particular, I think is still really uh, attractive. He's gotten a couple points uh, this week already. Um, as we said last week, dual wing eligibility, playing a ton of minutes out in San Jose. Um, so yeah, I think he's worthy of being a bottom of the roster guy right now and still just 17% owned and those other two yeah. as well, especially in deeper leagues. Um, certainly worthy of a roster spot there. Uh, but moving on to the weekend streamers, uh, we're going to push to get this out as soon as we can. But in case some of these um, puck drops have already passed for Friday, by the time you're listening to this, all these guys do play Sunday as well. Um, so even if you're just looking to get an extra game or two on Sunday, um, here are your best options in Anaheim. If Ricard Raquel is available, um, 42% owns. We've talked about him a lot. Obviously, he would be the pick of the bunch. Otherwise, you can look at Adam Henrique and Trevor Zegras on the second line. They both play on the top power play unit as well. Um, you know, not a whole lot to love in Anaheim, obviously, but the good thing is the guys that play the most are all available on the waiver wire. So if you're feeling lucky, um, that second line certainly uh, worth a look. New Jersey, Beeb's already hinted to it. Uh, we got Paul Mary and Hughes both sitting around 42 and 43%. Um, that was more than a hint. <laughs> 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 yeah, these already spoiled it, but no. Uh, you probably don't want to look any deeper than that on New Jersey, though, if those guys aren't there. Um, St. Louis, Friday, Sunday as well. You got Jaden Schwartz, higher own, 44%. Kairou, if he's there at 36%. Um, if not, uh, Brock, I know you kind of like Robert Thomas as a play right now. He's sitting at 5% owned. Just top power play units. So, I mean, I, if you can't get those other two, he's kind of the only option, really. Absolutely. Um, and f- Yeah, go ahead, B. I will- uh, I was just going to say Anaheim really quick. I don't know if you mentioned him, but Troy Terry there um, just quickly deserves a mention. He's got five in his last five um, and is playing quite well right now. So uh, someone who the Dallas Eakins is just like raving about. So Yeah, well, he's scratching 19 times, so he had to finally say something nice about him. It's crazy. Yeah, he's giving him 19 minutes a night now. So good catch. Right. The uh, the third member of that second line that I alluded to earlier and also on the top power play unit alongside him. So, yeah, definitely worth the look as well. Uh, and finally, got Washington playing Friday and Sunday. As you guys can imagine, um, Washington with their high-end talent, really not a lot of uh, attractive pieces that are going to be available on the waiver wire. Um, the one guy that has been pretty solid lately and is available in seemingly every league at 0% owned <laughs> is Daniel Sprong. Uh, basically <laughs> jumping between the third and first line. But obviously, um, any game that he plays alongside Kuznetsov and Ovi on the top line, uh, certainly worth a stream. Uh, or obviously a, a DFS target as well, if you're into that sort of thing. And if for whatever reason you uh, need to get some uh, starts on the back ends uh, on this weekend, Justin Schultz, uh, solid option. Uh, he's been pretty. Jamie Drysdale from Anaheim too. There you go. Top power, top power play unit for Anaheim. Uh, he's been pretty solid in his first four games. Damn. Certainly, I don't have his own percentage in front of me. Schultz is at 26%, though. Um, yeah, I'm sure you probably um, have some spots that you can fill up top instead. But if for whatever reason. Uh, your only openings are on the blue line. Those two guys are probably your best bet this weekend. Yeah, Drysdale only 11% owned. Um, so he's definitely available as well. But yes, um, that is going to do it for today's deep 
uh, DFO podcast. Uh, I'm Brock Segan. We got Dylan D. Berthium. I'm Michael B. Bondi. Thank you to our sponsors, uh, Odd Shark and Jock Market, as always. Uh, thank you guys very much for tuning in. Uh, we will be back next week, obviously, uh, with a little bit more. Uh, hopefully, we can get Frank on, uh, talk a little bit more about the trade deadline. If not, uh, we are going to obviously continue to look towards the waiver wire. Uh, maybe take a little bit of a peek towards 2022 as to who's really stood out for us this year um, as big risers. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of a preview for next week. I'm Brock Segan, Michael B. Bonnie, Dylan D. Burson. Thank you so much, boys. We'll see you guys back here next week. Do you guys think Eric Stahl's French is good or is he just going to be really awkward? Baby, be Peace. my fire. Baby, be my flame. Softly burning embers through December into June calls your name Baby be my conjurer And I hold you dear Baby be the visions in the night and wait till morning light for you to disappear Baby be my Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.